all right welcome back to another episode of citizens of the world um i'm sorry for the delay for the past few weeks i've been traveling and um i've had a lot of work but more on that later um i have a guest here today someone that i've actually been trying to schedule a meeting with for like maybe a month or two now um so this one's really special to me he's a long-term friend of mine and a former olympic athlete so um it's really cool to hear all the ins and outs of the olympics and like what it was like growing up especially in another country as a an athlete who's preparing for the olympics all right so um why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself my name is Herman Martinez. I was born in Cartagena, Colombia. Um, been here in the States since 1998, where I came to go to college. And yeah, so like I, like I said before, I was born and raised in Cartagena, which is one of the main cities of Colombia. It's located in the Caribbean coast in the north northwestern part of the country. Mm-hmm. And I it's a coastal it's a coastal town. Grew up on the beach, kind of like very similar to Jupiter. Yeah. You know, very. It's a very colonial city in the sense that last names are very important still. I mean, who you came from, who you, you know, who your parents were, who your grandparents were, which is one of kind of one of the things that I, now that I'm here, I kind of, I think it's kind of cool. But when I was growing up, I think it was kind of, kind of a pain in the butt. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you have to almost like date within your within your social class i mean i uh, went to a private school and you was it a bilingual school too it is a bilingual school yeah, yeah. so actually it was funny enough is that i went to an american school the name of the Ameri- of the of the school in spanish is jorge washington so george washington oh, school wow. uh and when i graduated it was both the um, i have the colombian diploma if you want to call it and i also i took my sats i took my right. all the the placement tests that they take here in the states yeah so so i know that like bilingual schools are big in uh just like south america right mm-hmm. um do you feel like there should be kind of like more bilingual schools here i think it's, i, I think mean for, i think it's a great idea like for yeah. us i grew up so the reason there is a bilingual school, yes, there is bilingual schools, but it's mostly private schools. I mean, the public, the public education sadly in Colombia is not the best. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not funded that well. It's not compared like public education here in the States is, you know, even though some people say it's bad, I mean, I think it's much better than what some oh, public yeah, education is in Colombia. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, in, when you have the means, you go into private school and a lot of the private schools are, are either British, uh, you know, the British or uh, American. Yeah. So I went to an American school. Uh, we used to sing the national anthem, the, the Star of Spangled Banner, you know, the, the whole wow. thing. Yeah, so it's part of like we do it every Friday. It's, you know, very ritualistic, you know, call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, to your question, I think it's beneficial in the sense that I, all my classes growing up were in English, except for two of them. One of them was religion. The other one was uh, Spanish, of course. Right. I mean, like grammar and stuff like that. But, uh, and you spoke Spanish at home. And, and I spoke Spanish at home, correct. But yeah. all the other ones, all my tests, all my everything was in English. Okay. So I've been speaking English, even though I still have a very heavy accent. I mean, yeah. since I've been, and I will never lose it. And I mean, it's right. just because um, I've been speaking English since I was in kindergarten. And wow. I mean, so all my, like I said, everything was in English. Mm. Wow. So. Did you ever have to like speak English, like in your town to like tourists and stuff? Tourists. We have, so Cartagena, one of the things about Cartagena is that Cartagena is the, pretty much like the main tourist town of Colombia. Right. 
So being an old colonial city, being an old uh, Spanish, um, Spanish settlement, or what, what do you want to want to yeah. call it? You know what I mean? Um, it's heavily tourist, you know, tourist visited, right. and a lot of the people that you will meet are a lot of a lot of Europeans will go to there. Americans just started coming, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, mm -hmm. not a couple of years, but like maybe the last decade, really. Yeah. Before that was a lot of Europeans coming, but in, you know, a lot of British, a lot of, a lot of English, yeah. Irish, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's crazy. Like, I'm, I just asked you that because, like, whenever I travel, I just find it so crazy that, like, everyone I know can speak English. Mm -hmm. And, like, even going to Europe this past few, these past few weeks, like, I was in Belgium, which is just kind of like a country that isn't surrounded really by mm -hmm. like it has German influences and French, French influence yeah. but like I just can't believe that everyone could speak fluent English I like, think I, but that's it like English is truly the universal language yeah and even though some people say that Mandarin eventually is going to be the yeah you know, as we, I know but uh English truly I think is the universal language and yeah I mean it's everywhere you go you're right I mean people yeah. speak English it just and, shocks me and so like you saying you grew up in a bilingual school like I guess that makes sense is that that's like the step you have to take for your economy mm -hmm. like that people yeah. you know kind of rely on you uh same with like when i went to costa rica like people rely on speaking english to make money uh -huh. you know and so when i went to costa rica there was this woman who uh she drove us to the airport and i was like speaking to her in spanish and i was like how do you know english so well because she knew pretty well english and she was like well they offer this free like one-year school for english mm -hmm. And like it's basically like a college education in English, but it's like a year mm -hmm. and it's free because it's so like like it's, very like a in high intensity kind of right. English. Right, like and year. like, and I guess you can go for as long as you want, but like that's how like they're sacrificing like a free education for their economy through mm -hmm. tourism because they can speak English. Well, I mean, in this, even in this last trip, so I just went in June. I took my kids. I took my wife. I mean, we all went down and like during our cab rides of course i'm speaking spanish to the guy i mean to the cab right. driver where we're going and i'm from the area so i know the area you know like the back of my hand and but i would sp be speaking english to my to my kids and to my wife uh, my kids don't sp speak spanish sadly and my wife doesn't speak spanish she's taking lessons but you know. oh yeah cool but uh like the cab driver will ask me and i actually happened multiple times like hey how do you say this in english because they know that there's a benefit to learning certain things of how to say it in English because they got a lot of the people that they get are tourists that don't speak Spanish. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. especially now a lot of Americans and yeah, sadly a lot of Americans really do not, you know, have one language and, yeah. or it's funny, have a lot of friends in college would say like, yeah, I took Spanish. I took three years in, three years in high and school. And they can't like, speak. That yeah. doesn't work. That's the same with my school. You have to be immersed school. into the culture. Exactly. Same with my school is I, I think I'm pretty good at Spanish, but I'm not you are? confident I heard you, enough. I heard to, you. Yeah, I'm not confident enough to be like, um, you know, because I just haven't been immersed in it. It's, it's like I really do have to think about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, countries, especially South American countries and European countries, rely on English so much. And, like, it's sad to me that uh, English is just kind of mostly spoken through the United States because if you think about it, like, Canada is a huge la mm -hmm. landmass right there, the Bahamas, like... There's just nowhere that needs to be spoken. I think Spanish. one of the reasons really is like the the states has this, and I and I don't want to call it a problem because it's, I mean I love the states. I I'm an American and you know, it yeah. was all born in Colombia. I'm an American. I love this country and I would do anything for this country. But Americans have this massive country, 
You know I mean, yeah, and a lot of Americans don't really travel outside of this country. You're like, actually, you are one of the few ones that I know yeah. that enjoys going out of this country. And some people, yeah, I'm going to Mexico. You know what I mean, yeah. going to, but really, like for them to like venture out outside of the U.S. is not that common. I mean, here with a couple of our friends, yeah, we have friends like you know Italy and stuff like that. But in the majority, people in the states really travel stateside. You know what I mean, right. okay. Well, it's a diverse, it's you know, such a country. Big country and, you know yeah. what I mean, like and it's right. like you're saying, like Florida is completely different than you know Wyoming, right? And something right. like that. So. People usually, and I think that's one of the reasons why it hasn't pushed like the boundary of like learning new languages. You know what I mean? Oh, because you can you can travel point. in this country and go to the, all these amazing spots still speaking yeah. the same language. So yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, if you think, yeah, you're right. If you want mountains, you have mountains. If you want the beach, you have yeah. the beach. If you want exactly. Well, I didn't think about that. People in Europe, I mean, when you travel, I mean, they travel three hours away, and it's a completely different language. Or maybe right. in three hours or two hours away, it's right. completely different. I also think that. Um, like I've just kind of read about this before, but like the Dutch and where where I was, mm -hmm. they just have an aptitude for learning new languages because kind of like their ancestry is they were the traders. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about the Dutch, the East India yep, Company and, these, and yep. stuff like that, like they were people that were constantly moving around the world and in order to make money and keep up with their trading, they had to learn all these different languages. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of passed down through generations and that like picking up languages comes like that and it's necessary. And I just always find that interesting because like how it's almost like a evolutionary thing that people pick up languages and like I that. Think, and I think also like in here, one of the things that people want to learn a language, but I think they're a little bit too old when they want to start learning a language. Yeah. If you start like from young, like my sister has two kids, she's married to an Italian and they live in Spain and yeah. especially in Barcelona. So the kids are now, Dante is seven, I think, and Mila is six or eight or six, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they speak four languages yeah. already. So it's, you know, they speak Catalan from Barcelona, mm -hmm. Spanish from Spain. It, my sister talks to them in English and my, and my brother-in-law uh, talks to them in Italian. So it's, wow. you know, if you're little, you absorb that. Yeah. such a... Well, so let me ask you this. Why did you never teach your kids? Like, why did you never start talking to your kids in Spanish? Sadly, because they end, I ended up getting divorced and my yeah. ex-wife ended up moving up to Virginia. That's one of the main reasons. I mean, uh, and they were pretty young when that happened. So yeah. I really, you know I mean, and up there, really the... There is nothing. There's not really going to In be. fact, like in Florida, especially, I think Florida and like California and mm -hmm. obviously Arizona and New Mexico, Spanish is really prominent, but like if you travel an hour south to Miami, like you can speak Spanish everywhere. Everywhere. You know, and so that's why I've been trying to get my dad to go down with me is because like he's learning Spanish. So I'm like, we should just go so hear it and when I talk. When I used to come here on vacation, you know, of course, coming from, from Colombia, here you come on vacation, you go to like the typical, the distant world, the, you know, the typical tourist, the tourist right. thing that you do, Epcot, the whole thing. But a lot of the times you fly into Miami and you spend a couple of days in Miami. And me, I was growing up learning English in school and speaking English in school. I'm in the States. So when I'm here, oh, I'm in the States. I'm going to get to speak English everywhere. And yeah. I was in Miami and I would go to stores in Miami and speak in English. And like, what? They had no idea. Like, I mean, it's just pure yeah. Spanish. Pure I mean, Spanish. So which my is, dad would just yeah. make fun of me for that. Like, no, here, we're in Miami. It's Spanish. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. 
It is. It is really cool. I actually think of Miami as its own little country. One hundred percent. Like at least 100%. everything south of that is like, it is not a part of the United States. Like as much as New York and Boston are, like yeah. Miami. No, it's is it's one hundred percent. I agree with. I that. would agree, and I I think that's what makes it so so cool is how close we are to it. But mm-hmm. I mean, because that's close to Colombia and Cuba especially. Yeah. But I always tell my dad, I'm like. Don't really listen to the Cuban Spanish because it's kind of messy. Because you know how they speak. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Crazy. It, it is the they say it without. Hopefully nobody's just listening. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to offend anybody, but they say that Cuban and Puerto Rican Spanish are really considered like kind of like the most. I don't say the worst because I don't. Have, but, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. the most informal. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of, it, but from my area of the country, from where I'm from in Cartagena, it's very similar actually to. Cuban and Puerto Rican because we tend to eat a, a, we call it eating words or like we don't pronounce a lot of the letters so you just kind of mm-hmm. like cut them off exactly you yeah. cut them off and it's just very 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 fast yeah you and when you speak to me in Spanish you speak really fast yeah it's like, a really fast it's really fast. dialect yeah. kind of thing and it's funny because when I went to Costa Rica they speak like the most formal they have a very yes and they like they enunciate their words mm-hmm. really well so I was able to like have like hour long conversations, conversations with people because I was like, this is perfect. And you will experience me. that with the people like in our country, like from the interior of the country, like Bogota and stuff, they have really, really formal Spanish, really good Spanish, if you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was doing my internship this summer, did I tell you about that? Yeah. The, uh, wait, yeah. I know that you were talking to somebody that hired you from Spain. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. when I went to Spain, they like got me an internship with this international business company. And, um, so I started, like, I kind of had to, like, you know, just talk to people from Spain and then Colombia, Chile, mm-hmm. like, all those different countries. And then they hired me to, like, do this investment summit in Paraguay. So I had to talk to people in Paraguay. But, like, it's funny because you can hear the different, um, like, dialects of Spanish. 100%. And so one of my best friends, she graduated last year, but she, her family, like, she lives with her family and they all speak Spanish. And... Her mom, so when I would go over there, I would speak Spanish to them. They're from Ecuador. Uh-huh. So her mom told, like, told us, she's like, it's funny. Like, I I can hear a Spanish One. accent or dialect and be like, they're from this country. 100%. And that happens yeah. every time I go out to dinner with my wife. You know what I mean? Like, if I hear somebody speaking Spanish, I'd be like, they're from here. Or yeah. they're like, and I try to, like, find a way to find out because yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. And, and you're probably right because it's like most, true. Like I'll say like 95, 95% of the time I'm right. Yeah. You know what I mean, when but it comes. think about it this way. And so I put it into perspective this way because my friend was like, that's crazy that you can do that. Think about the United States. Like you can tell when people are from Boston or you can tell when people and that's are from California or they're from the South. That's you know? what I was going to piggyback on. It's exactly like that. And it's funny just because the way you might cut off your words. But... And what's interesting about that is like, even though I can t- tell the dialect of somebody that's from a different country, or like if they're from Colombia, I can tell you for what region of Colombia they're from. Yeah. Like I can tell you one from an hour away from Cartagena, like Barranquilla, where like Shakira is from, kind of thing. I can yeah. tell you that they're from there. But when I came to the States, and even uh, even today, I've been here in the States since 98. So even as of today, there are very few dialects. So like, okay, I know what a Southern accent is, but some people are like, oh, they're from Minnesota. They're yeah. from Michigan. And it's like, it's I, I can't tell. You oh, know okay. I mean? like, See, so I'm I don't the I, correct. Yeah. I don't have that ear for that. Right, you know right, I mean, right. oh, yeah, I can tell you. You know, for I went to school in Clemson in South Carolina. So yeah, the whole y'all and the right, right. the y'all and whatever. But so. there's this whole there's this actually this whole joke that like 
certain people say coffee differently. So people will spell how, like phonetically, how uh-huh. they say coffee. So it'll be like C-A-W-F-E-E, uh-huh. coffee or uh-huh. something. So like, that, but okay, be, you're from New York. That's like a New York, right? right. Yeah, so correct. then there's like that whole joke that like, you know, and then there's people that say coffee, which is C-H. Or C A H F E, like coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. 100%. Like how you say a word like differently is how you eat the words mm-hmm. in you know your Colombian Spanish. Yep. But I I just always find that kind of funny. Same with like the, um, what's it called? Like how um some like how Spain uses like vosotros uh-huh. instead of like how they use a different like ending mm-hmm. uh, conjugation. Like, I just, I'm always interested, like, how did that come about, you know? Yep. So, it's interesting like that. Okay, so now, um, why don't you, like, tell me a little bit about your family and, like, your home life. Okay. Digressing uh, a little bit. Grew up, uh, mom and dad at home. My dad was a dentist in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I had one sister that's five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, lived in a, in, a, in a condo next on the beach mm-hmm. in, in, in Colombia. I grew up uh, going to school one block away. Um, all my life was pretty much revolved, in my case, about swimming. I was uh, actually I'm in the States, really, it's because of swimming, because of my swimming career kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started swimming from a very young age uh, with the support of my parents. My dad and my mom were always tra- traveling with me to all my tournaments and all the kind of things. Mm-hmm. And little by little, started climbing up. Started, I became national champion at 11 years old and then i held multiple national records and little by little kind of like kept climbing got to travel with the Colombian national team mm-hmm. I, all around south america around some um where else in the caribbean came to the states a couple of times mm-hmm. um even and ended up accomplishing my goal which was actually the olympics yeah. so um came to the states as a swimmer and came recruited i first spent my so High school, uh, elementary school, high school in Cartagena. Um, after that, when I was 19 years old, packed my bags, came to actually to Florida. Ended up going a couple of hours up the up the road from here, and ended up in Four Piers of all places. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Four Piers, you yeah. know, no. <laughs> which is pretty interesting after you live here. What you that hear the things that you hear about it, <laughs> but it was a blast. I mean, I uh, went to a place called Indian River. Uh, I know, yeah. I know, back yeah, in the day, it was community college. Now it's a state college. Yeah. And the reason that we ended up and ended up going to Indian River was the, um, their swim program. Actually, they have an amazing. Who's swim. we? Your swim team or your family? Uh, I'm sorry, that I ended up going to. Oh, yeah, okay. That I ended up going to to Indian River was the because of the swim program that they had. They had yeah. a, a nationally ranked team that have been national champs for. When I was there, it was the 25th and 26th national title that they had. Uh, is a it's an interesting school because it's a school where so in order for you to go to college you need to pass this thing where you need to have an you need to have SATs right. you know what I mean but don't you have to have like a language kind of criteria thing? and that's the right. thing you know, I mean so a lot of uh, this in 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 the river because it was community college there's no any language requirements you know mm-hmm. I mean when it comes you can come in as a as an English as a second language and mm-hmm. you can focus on that like learning English part of your community college kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, but you're still allowed to compete in the in college. You know, call it like Division One schools, like mm-hmm. Clemson, where I ended up, ended up. You need to have an, a certain level of English proficiency yeah. in order to be at school. And so, what ended up happening is in the river used to have like Olympic 
swimmer, Olympic swimming calibers from all around the world ended up there doing their first two years of junior college and then they would transfer out to a bit such to a, a different weird school. small space for that i know so crazy. we had like we had why, why? like why was because it their swim program it was just program. they uh, it was an amazing program and well, what made it so good the coaches the, the, the coaching facility. and also the the caliber of the swimmers that went there so you know you rise up to the you know you know the, the better the yeah. competition you have the better you become right and that's what happened like in, in my year there's a couple of guys uh, from poland that were part of the, their olympic finalists i mean stuff yeah. like that so it was pretty interesting in that sense. After that, I ended up going to Clemson, yeah, and where I graduated in two thousand and three, and moved moved on to Florida after that. Yeah. So, so um, were your parents kind of strict, like pressuring <laughs> on you when you were a kid for swimming? My dad was very strict. My yeah. dad was very very strict, and there are stories that, of course, like you know, would be really considered like almost like child abuse now if you really consider it. I mean. Well, go ahead. Can you tell them? Yeah, of course. Uh, so some of them are funny now, but yeah. some of them were scary some right, back right. in the day. Like some of the funny ones that are now is like I used to train Monday through Friday two times a day, one at five o'clock in the morning and one at four o'clock in the afternoon every day. Oh my gosh. And then I had so I used to wake up every morning at four fifteen. You know, I mean to be at the pool ready in the water by five o'clock. Yeah. And then on Saturdays we have one morning practice. So even on Saturdays. I had to wake up early. I mean, at six o'clock in the morning, it was a later practice. It practice started at seven. You know I mean? Yeah, it's later. So you get to sleep in, you know what I mean, until six. Uh, on Sundays, my dad would come. Uh, we didn't use the air conditioning that much in Colombia. I mean, especially we live in a, in a high rise, in a high rise of open windows and the, the breeze and everything. So always a fan on or whatever. My dad would come at seven o'clock on the dot and turn my fan off every Sunday. It like Th doesn't that wake you up? A hundred percent. So and when my, when so um like if I sleep in for school, mm -hmm. my mom will turn my fan off and I'm, and mm -hmm. I just like jolt right awake. Right so, it's, it's the worst feeling yeah. ever. So he would turn it off and he would go, okay, seven o'clock, time to get up, get out of here. He did not want me to lounge around the house. He wanted me to make yeah. sure that I'm not being quote unquote lazy, even though it was my one day off that I got yeah. to like rest. Right, right, right. That didn't happen in my house. But uh, oh some of the other stories, I remember my dad, my dad, <laughs> he knew when I was training hard and he knew when I was not training hard. Okay. Like he knew it, he knew what I could give in the, in, in, during practice. And in Colombia, we have this tree called almendra, almendron. It's a big old tree that gives like, it's like, look, it's an almond. Yeah, it's, an, almond. it's a big nut. Right. But it's a nut that is like maybe the size of a lemon. You know, I mean, you know what I call it, just so people can There's visualize There's South America it. for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool nuts and fruits. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember one instance when I was training and he was, I was swimming breaststroke and my dad was sitting one out of the pool and I was swimming towards him. I could see him over there and all of a sudden I see him winding up. I mean, like, yeah. when in the, all of a sudden he's chucking those things at me, at me when I'm swimming. And I did like going by my head because he knew I was just slacking. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't going fast. Oh, like, gosh. yeah, I guess I gotta pick it up. You know what I mean? Oh so, my gosh. Wow. My dad was kind of, Kind of nuts when it came to me. Yeah, also. and I never, I always wondered that. I just never asked you because I don't know if it was sensitive. No, 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 no. But uh, it just seemed like it's a stereotype that when people are as good as you, like a national champion, that like their parents are always super pressuring on them. Which... Very, very much so. I tried to quit swimming a couple of times. 
he wouldn't let me. Oh, wow. Like, and I, why? You were just kind of burnt <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, because I wanted to go track karate. I'm like, my yeah. dad's like, my dad's like, what are you talking about? You're a swimmer. You're not like, a, you're not going to go do karate. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I really am done with swimming. Like, well, right. this is your option. Either nothing or swimming or swimming. And I knew, he knew I was not going to do nothing. So right. it was swimming. Um, but <laughs> my dad was interested. Actually, my family had a, had a secret enough. I didn't know about it until after college. Oh. I competed, and this is actually one of the story that not many people know, that I competed in little, I was not even a swimmer, quote unquote swimmer yet. It was just, they had like a between schools meet, you know what I mean? Like a, a different schools getting together and like, hey, who wants to go swim, you know, in for college? this competition? No, in elementary school, oh, you know okay. what I mean? Right. I was six years old or something like that, so I raised my hand, so I had a competition. I remember I, I swam the race, I touched the wall, I came out all excited, you know what I mean? I had finished the race or whatever. And I remember going to my dad, like, what are your place? What are your place? Like, ah, oh, you got you got second place, as you know, something like that. He didn't tell me first, I, you know, I'm surprised. You got second place, and it's like, oh, cool. He's like, where's my medal? You know, I'm little. All I care about is like the medal, you know what I mean? Where's my medal? Like, ah, oh, they give it to you usually a couple of days later. I'm like, yeah, I never thought any, anything of it. Sure enough, my dad shows up with the medal. Um, about a three or you know, three or four days later and that was my favorite medal like i had in my room i had a, a wall that was full of like ribbons and medals and literally like from one end to another one yeah. of other competitions and anytime like, there was like an interview or something like that they for some reason they always ask us so what was your first medal what was the most important medal what was it and i always point to that medal you know what i mean yeah. because when this is my first medal blah, 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 right. all the time i have articles me pointing at it it's the funniest thing <laughs> so I go through all my swimming career. I go through, you know, like I said, making the national team, making the Olympic team, college, the whole thing. I'm done. I'm officially done with swimming. Like that was in 2003. I traveled to Colombia and spent summer. You know, I mean, after my summer, after my last swimming season, uh, my, my last season of swimming, I go to my to my. I, I go back home and my room still looks the same. It has all the medals and all the stuff. And I'm sitting in the room and all of a sudden my mom, my sister and my dad sit in there and they're like, we're talking about a swimming career since it's over, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, the medal comes up for some reason. Like, right. Yeah, can you believe that it started with a medal? And they all, all of a sudden, they start looking at each other. It's like, I'm like, what are you guys looking? Why are you guys being so weird? So like, well, we, we have something to tell you. And it's like, what? Yeah. It's like, what, what, what do you guys want to tell me? And uh, my dad goes... He's like, that medal you never won. He's oh, like, what? What do you mean I never won? I won the medal when, in this, in this oh, competition God. or whatever. He's like, no, actually you didn't. You actually came in last oh, on, that, on, on, that comp on that event. But I remember seeing you so excited. Oh, you know what I mean? About. Oh, God. Uh, about, oh, that's you know, fun. About, about, yeah, about the, the whole thing. It's kind of funny, though. So I, thought, I started crying. Yeah. I said, it got so emotional. I, I actually started crying, like, you know, like bawling, whatever. But I got right. super teary because, like, this whole farce I've been living <laughs> about the this. All articles are all lies. All of them are, are lies about this freaking metal, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, um, you know, it was a lie, but my dad kind of knew the person that I was. That, yeah. Which you is, needed something like that to keep Which is going. funny because I'm so against nowadays, like, the participation trophies. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're the big, but at the same time, I'm being a little hypocritical because that's, that's, your cool. that was a, that's a participation, you know, but, oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, that was, a, um, 
So that's like your dad's kind of like that is my dad knew, yeah, a hundred percent. And my dad kind of knew that I had it in me, and he knew like the potential that I had because yeah. he had seen me swim and stuff. But yeah, so it worked. It worked a hundred percent. And ended up making ended up making the Olympic team. Uh, actually, during college. During college. Yeah. And that was for Columbia. Right? That was for Columbia. So how did you kind of feel as like living in the states, but kind of representing Columbia? So it's actually very common. Like a lot of the. Um, so I'm going to say it right now, like I know the Olympic team, the, the U.S. Olympic team, I would have never made it. You know what I mean, like the, right. the, the swimming level, it's so much well, higher. Sports I mean, US. yeah. It's, and like you said, it's a huge country. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know what I mean, but a lot of the a lot of the people from around the world, actually, there's a lot of people training here. And one of the main reasons is college. You know what I mean, in mm -hmm. Colombia, you're really not. So I swam all through high school. I knew that I wanted to come to the States to go to, to go to college, not only to college, but so I can continue swimming and I can get eventually to my goal was always the Olympics. And uh, in Colombia, sadly, the education is higher education, like college education is not really set. It's not too conducive to be able to start, keep doing it. Because in Colombia, like you might have a class. Or to potentially live in the United States or something like, you know, or, or like have a career in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Like but but for me, oh, it was okay. mainly swimming at that point. Like my, my main end goal was really the Olympics. If I stayed in Colombia and went to college and tried to train over there, it would have been extremely difficult because college education, they don't really allow you to, in, you might have a class from 7.30 to 9.30, then one half, you know, one around lunchtime and then one in the afternoon. In here, they, they, it was a lot of like block schedules. You know what I mean? So in the morning, I knew I had my time to go train, go to school. Right. Then in the afternoon, I could do my afternoon practice. In Colombia, it's almost impossible to do. Yeah. So, and in Colombia also, the I knew if I said in Colombia, that would have been an issue because in Colombia, it's actually a mandatory to do the military service. Oh. You know what I mean? For how many years? One year. Yeah, at least we're in one year. Some other countries like three, five years kind of yeah, thing. Like yeah. Korea, I think, is like three years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I didn't, I did not do the military service because of swimming. Like swimming actually got me out of it kind That's of thing. Good. So for high school, you have to do military service? So after, right after high school, before you start college, you got to do one year of military service. And that, wow. so, and it's actually pretty interesting. So all the guys, when we went to do it, like they take you to a military base you know what I mean and they line you up they do medical tests they do the whole thing like cough get naked like the, you're going to the you're going to one of the forces you know what I mean wow that's I did not know that yeah you're going to is one that South American typical or not really I don't know if other countries in South America do I know Colombia does you know what I mean I don't um, it wouldn't surprise me if other South American countries do it yeah but are they a pretty big military country like meaning like do they participate in a lot of like we have stuff? I think they they do send a different different um, platoons or you know I call it to different uh, engagements yeah. but I don't know to what extent you know what I mean? yeah because you don't have to do it but I know like internally we have I mean we have our own war that we've been fighting as you aware from your previous you yeah. know uh, podcast with some of uh, the lady from Medellin yeah you know what I mean? Like we have our internal war, so yeah. that's... Which, building on that, you said you never really grew up in the dangerous Colombia, which, you know, Maria I, did. Yeah, I didn't. So Cartagena, really, I always consider it a country within a country. Like I Miami. Mean, that's a great example. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is where yeah. people... And it actually, it's a great example because it's like, yeah, Miami's where people go to go to tourism. I mean, right. go to do tourism and stuff like that. That was pretty much cool. Cartagena, yeah, we had some events. Right. You know what I mean? There's a couple of bombings that I remember, you know, growing up, but it was not the common thing. Can you explain the bombings? Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember two of them. One of them was in a... So 
there was a group in Colombia called Los Pepes, and I, if I'm not mistaken, they're the ones that bomb. A couple, there used to be a, a brand of, it's like a CBS down there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's called Drogas La Rebaja on Earth. It's like, it's a franchise, not a franchise, it's a chain right. of, like a um, of drug stores. Yeah. I mean, and it used to be on, I don't know exactly the, who they own it, who was the, the owner of it, but they were, they were uh, targeting those. And I remember there was one in Cartagena that was a bombing in one of those that was, and I remember hearing it, you know what I mean? Like, Cartagena is not that big. And I remember a couple, you know, a couple of people died, stuff like that. So, and there was another one in a mall that was only like two blocks away from my house, but that was it. You know I mean, yeah. that's the only time that I ever remember seeing any kind of like that violence related to the to the guerrillas and like to the narco to the narcos and stuff like that right and do you think that was also because maybe she lived in medellin and you lived in a more yeah would you consider cardiana to be a little wealthier so so medellin had very wealthy people because of the whole narco thing right, you know what i mean right, right. but cartagena i would think had a, uh yes i think it would be like to live in cartagena cartagena is very polarizing and at, your parents actually have gone with me before yeah, and they no, can I've tell seen, so yeah. They're very polar. There's some areas that are extremely ritzy. I mean, the hotels are five stars and all this stuff. But there's the side of Cartagena that's very, very, very poor. Extremely poor. Right. You know I mean? Kind of like every to every. Yeah, every but city. extremely. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I think she they saw more violence over there. And I was gonna say Medellin mainly because Escobar and stuff was from that area, and a lot of the, you know, the cartels were, you know. We're from that area. Yes, there was a cartel in La Costa, but it was a little north, northern part of us. And Cartagena really was, I don't want to say untouched because it wasn't, but I didn't feel the effects growing up or like the fear that I'm going to, that I could go out and, and have, have an issue. You know right, I mean? right. Um, and you said your dad was a dentist. So was that like pretty, you guys were pretty, uh, like more well off. We were. I mean, I grew up, and it's funny because I said that to a couple of my friends, and they're like, oh, you're bullshit, you're BSing me. And yeah. it's like, but we grew up with, um, in the house, we had three mates. When I was growing up, we had one that st stayed at the house yeah. the whole time. Um, there was, then one came in every morning to cook and clean, and one that came every other day to literally iron. That's why she came, just to iron your clothes. It's the funniest thing, but like you wake up with your underwear iron. It's pretty nice. So I did, you know, I really didn't have to make my own. Well, no, I would always make my own. That was the one thing that my dad, but like clean my bathroom or anything like that until I really came to college. I mean, when yeah. I was completely, I never did a lot of laundry until I came to college for the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how did it feel coming from, I mean, I know you had Fort Pierce to kind of like mm -hmm. buff it out, but how did it feel going from like, Cartagena to Clemson. Like, I feel like those are two different landscapes and 100%. areas and cultures. Like, how, how was the adjustment? The adjustment, honestly, mainly was just a, like the, like, for me, it was just the way of living being, quote unquote, solo here and not having anybody. Yeah. Uh, people were extremely nice in Clemson. Uh, yeah. It's the South. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Clemson. Um, I mean, it's hard to hard to say like if I had like really like a hard adjustment I really the way I grew up I was very I hate to say that I was very Americanized you know I always en enjoyed you know like the culture here in the states so I really didn't have a, a hard time like yeah. like blend not blending in but like immersing myself into it mm -hmm. um, man 
trying to think like there was anything that was kind of like shocking. You know what? Actually, the biggest thing that it, the biggest issue that I had coming to the states was the in Colombia we're very, I don't say I don't say touchy feely, but we're all about you know when you greet somebody even the first time you kiss him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah and that was something that I remember being my my friends in here were like, what in the world Stop. is this guy yeah. doing? Yeah, like you know, like shake hands and that that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I always greet girls you know with a, a uh, kiss in the cheek and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's very very common, and that was like. The one thing that was like a, a big culture shock that I was like, okay, I have to, I have to stop this because mm -hmm. people are not used to it kind of thing. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, I've actually heard that from a few people is, and as an American, what's weird, funny on our, on our Europe trip, dad and I, my dad and I, like, we were always like, I'm not, we don't know if you should kiss someone twice or three times mm -hmm. because you know how it's twice in some countries yep. and then three times in another. And like, it might be weird if you don't, if you do one more and it, it's just as, as honestly, like as, as an American, like I, I don't know what mm -hmm. to do. And when people do like kiss me on the cheek, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I <laughs> like actually kiss them or do I not? No. Like, and it's honestly, a lot of the times you don't even touch, you know what I mean? Right. It, you just kind of like, you like, gonna, yeah, exactly. Noise, but I still, am like, I still just like, don't know how to do it. And I, I mean, in my defense, I'm a very like I don't want to be hugged, I uh -huh. want to hold your hand type person. Uh -huh. So like it might be easier for someone who is a little more touchy feely. So you might be very good at Japan. You know what I mean? Just kind of like just yeah, yeah. Uh, I just keep just my space. Back. <laughs> That's it. But yeah. um, like I, I, I just can't. I, I don't know. But I don't understand. And it's funny when people you know kiss you the third time, but you're pulling. Away. It's funny on my perspective, but on your perspective, you're like, why are we doing that? So what is yours? Twice or three times? One. Okay, see one. See? <laughs> see, I didn't even know. Uh, ours is only one. Like okay. for me, actually, it was a hard adjustment. So my grandmother from Argentina, and when I went to when I when I would go visit my family in Argentina, there's two for them over there. Even though we're in South America, it's, it's two for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so, I, it's funny and. I don't know what established that or what establishes that or how you would know, but it. I mean, as someone that doesn't even do it at all. I don't even like. I, I feel like you would have more of an idea of what to do than I. Would. I think now the world has become like so so global, or whatever. That I think a lot of like some of the stuff like people like know like okay they're American, you know what yeah. I mean? They like eh, just yeah. just shake hands kind of yeah. thing, you know what I mean? But I hate that. You know? I, I like, know. Honestly, that's I want one? to be able to not data of course greet you in your own you know, but that's funny. Um, okay, going back to uh, your Olympic experience. Uh -huh. So that was during college. That was during college. That was in 2000. So for the, it was for the Sydney So it was Olympics. like your sophomore year. It was between my sophomore and junior year. So I actually had to take, I was, so I was in the transition going from community college, going to, in the, to Clemson. Right. So, so wait, you went to Clemson your junior year. Correct. Okay. I went so to, I did my junior and my senior year in Clemson. Oh, okay. Yeah. So between sophomore and, after my sophomore year, I was being heavily recruited by different, different schools. I ended up choosing Clemson. Why were you being recruited if you were already at a school? I mean, I just... So, remember, it's a community college. It's only two years. Oh, okay. You know I mean? So, after after the two years, you have to... You're going to continue swimming and get a degree. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? So, at that point, a lot of the schools... You know what I mean? Like, I got recruited by FSU, NC State, uh, Texas... Oh, I'm applying to NC State. Are you? Yeah. Very cool. It's just one of the schools I'm applying to. Okay. Yeah. Cool area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Oh, I got to show you... I got to show you my college stuff. Like, okay. I'll remind check you it out. later, yeah. But uh, one of them, I remember my, so... Well, where else? NC State? Uh, NC State, 
FSU. FAU was actually one of them. Oh. Right? But so you're but allowed you, to... It's funny because you weren't living here at the yeah. time. Yeah. So you're allowed five... Back in the day, I don't, I'm not sure what it is. It's 20, over 20 years ago. You're allowed five official recruiting trips, you know, in which actually the school that you that was interested in you will fly you out to them, mm. wine and dine you, try to like convince you to come and swim right, for yeah. them. You know I don't what know mean? what the limit is, but I know they still do that. Yeah, so it might be five. Who knows? So I took all my trips because I know they were going to be fun. Like they take you out of town. They Why take not? You, exactly. Yeah, so much fun. That's awesome. So I did a couple of unofficial ones that were FAU, but between my, so I'm going back to high school now. So between my junior and senior year, one of my best friends uh, was already graduated. I swam with on the swim team. He's actually competing in Kona this weekend. He's doing a triathlon. He's, he's the world championships. Does, where is that? In Hawaii. That's awesome. Yeah, he's doing the, but so Albi is in Alvaro. He was in Penn State. So I spent the whole summer between my junior of junior year of high school and senior year of high school up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with Penn State. I absolutely, like I knew when I went, I knew that when I was my time to go to the States, I mean, to go to college, I wanted to experience that same idea of like the, of the small town that revolve around a big college. Yeah. I mean, like a, like a, like a division like one a college. college. Yeah. yeah, a college town, exactly. And experience the whole, uh, the whole football tailgating, you know, I wanted to experience the whole American, you know, you're going to call it, right, right. you know, the they're seeing the movies kind of thing. Yeah, they're seeing the exactly. movies kind of thing. And, but I remember Penn State being miserably cold. You know what I mean, like okay. he sent me a picture one time going to swim practice. I remember swim practice in the, for us in the morning, just lines, just snow covered banks. And it's like, nope. I'm good. So one of my recruiting trips was Clemson. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in Clemson and going back to the whole, Thing the Olympics, um, I uh, so Clemson. I decided just because it was it was Penn State, but in the South. Oh, okay. you know what I mean, yeah. the same idea. Big big football program, yeah. big beautiful school, beautiful campus. Even bigger football program. Now it is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, no. We've been good for a couple of years, yeah. so. Um, but so between my sophomore and junior year, I actually had to take the semester off completely because Olympic. I had qualified for the Olympics uh, in a in a South American Championships in Colombia. Actually, where uh, I broke the national record that year, and with that, so in order for you to make the Olympics, there's two ways to make it into the Olympics okay. um, in swimming. Yeah, see, I, I want to know all that. I've so never... in swimming, there's different. Now, of course, it could have changed, but in swimming, there's diff- uh, the way back then to make it to the Olympics was one. There's an A cut and a B cut, and these are established by FINA. FINA is the International Federation of Swimming. A cut immediately makes you into a allows you to allows you to come into the into the into the, the qualify into the into the olympics which is those are the ones on tv correct okay. and those but in the in the states is that's when like olympic olympic um qualifiers you know for swimming happen the top two make it because they're official they're gonna make the time no matter what other countries usually go with a with a b cut you know what i mean for the b cut you can have one one swimmer represent you mm-hmm. you know what i mean I made the pika, I mean, for, uh, for the Olympics and the way that established is from the previous Olympics, they always go like the 16th position, 16th position, whatever it is. So if you so can make the time. time, you have, that's the cut, you know what I mean? And I made the cut during my uh, swimming championships down mm-hmm. in South America. Oh, so you, you kind of proved that you made the time through, an, through another. Exactly. Oh, so okay, it, it's got to be an international competition. You got to be able to. You know, make the time. Oh, okay. So right. I made the time, and at that point was my transition between Indian River and Clemson. So my coach at Clemson actually told me, take the whole semester off. It's going to be in Australia. You will hold your scholarship. You know what I mean, it will be here, yeah. but just focus on training. 
and focus on training and just because I was going to fall too far behind on schoolwork. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knew like if I was going to be, I was, I was in Australia for a I'm sure they were like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to be, I, I was in Australia for like a little over a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because it, they have to get adjusted to the time change and the whole thing. But oh, wow. I didn't think about that. So you, you were there for really like before the Olympics. Yeah. Right? So I got to the Olympics two weeks before the Olympics started. Huh. And my week of comp of competitions, I was, you know, one week and then I started one extra week that was actually just literally partying. Yeah. yeah. It was like they say, like the Olympic, uh, the Olympic parties and it's amazing. Yeah, uh, that's cool. The, uh, but the Olympic village and everything is absolutely so much fun. Yeah. But, um, so okay, yeah. So walk me through it. Like when you qualified, like when did you hear? Like mm. I want the whole, I want the whole time. So I knew what the time had to be. Okay. I knew the time, the time that I needed to do was 58, you know, talk meters, a hundred meter backstroke was my event. I had to, my time was 58.81 that I had to make. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Columbia national record was 58.79, something like that. I remember I saw my event, I touched the wall, I looked around and I saw my time, it was 58.61. So that meant two things for me. Number one was that it was the, na the national record. And number two, that I qualified for the Olympics. So I knew right there, automatically, I qualified oh for the gosh, Olympics. That's amazing. So of course, you know, celebrations and this, at that point, it started like now training for the Olympics kind of thing. So did you have a coach that helped you with that? I did. So, but that was my coach in four, in in four Piers. In, oh, actually, I remember I was in Four Piers. Yeah. So I stayed down here an extra semester before going to Clemson, just training. And actually that literally was, I think one of the best six months of my life because I had no school. Yeah. I had everything. So all I did was literally go to swim practice. After swim practice, I would go to surf in Four Piers, actually pretty good surf for around here. Yeah. Go surf the whole afternoon, come back have lunch and then swim practice in the afternoon and wow. I did that for it. That's so it was pretty, pretty cool. much like, almost, like, almost like a beach bomb, you know, kind of thing, just yeah. training. Always for, wet. Always yeah, wet. exactly. For That's six awesome. months. So yeah. that was really, really fun. That is really cool. So then you, like you said, you left like a month early. Yep. And uh, two weeks early before the, before the opening ceremony. It was in Melbourne or Sydney? Sydney. Sydney. It was in Sydney. And what did you think of, like, I mean, I've never been to Austria. That's Love it. So it's always, it was always, first of all, I knew that I wanted to go to this Olympics. And I wanted, I knew, like, actually, there's a pretty cool little story that my coach in Colombia, when I was growing up, there's a picture that I still have. And in the back, it was like a little event. I must have been, like, 10 years old, something mm -hmm. like that. Somebody took a picture and they printed, they used to sell pictures of you swimming and stuff like that. My coach bought one in the back, just wrote a quick little, like, like a, a little sentimental yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, this is my guy, Herman, in the event, so-and-so. It's like, we got to work work for the next event, and, but I just want to let you know that we're going to make it. You know what I mean? My goal is for you to make it to the 2000 Olympics kind of thing. Like, he had wow. it already, like, That's pretty much. Crazy. So I still have it with me. It's actually pretty cool. Pretty and, um, but now I... Uh, I kind of lost what what I was saying about the that you wanted to go to this ah, Olympics. Yeah, so I wanted to make it to those Olympics, and Australia has always been a country. I love animals. I love uh, anything. It's a cool country. Anything we get regarding the the ocean and okay. you know great whites, and so my goal, like I really wanted to go to Australia. And luckily, I was I was here. That's really lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially since the year before, the not the year before the the previous Olympic Games were in Atlanta. I mean, not nothing yeah. against Atlanta, but I was like. Atlanta, yeah. Sydney, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. let's go to Sydney. So do they pay for you, like your plane ticket everything. and everything? Everything, everything. And actually I got, it kind of sucked in the beginning, but I kind of lucky in the end. So when I was flying to the Olympics, uh, we fly with the, with the national team. I mean, we all leave from Colombia 
uh, go to LA and then from so LA like you're Sydney. traveling with people and like all sports all the sports correct okay. yeah i mean so and usually the the way that they have it in the olympics is because the olympics is a couple of weeks i think it's like three two or three weeks yeah usually they send two two um two flights if you want to call it you're going to two rounds kind of thing the first the first round of, of the sports that are in the first two weeks you know i mean that first people go over there and then a week later the other athletes come in because we stay on the olympic village and it's kind of like we, once we leave the room the other people come in Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I traveled with the Olympic team with all the other uh, sports that were at the same time. There was like triathlon, sailing, uh, volleyball, beach volleyball. Yeah. We all traveled together. Um, but yeah, they pay for absolutely everything. There's Absolute. nothing that I have to. And plus, they give you money too. You know what I mean? You you get like a per diem. You know what I mean? Of, wow. So and you can go around town and do whatever. But everything with what you're wearing, everything is free. Like, yeah. They have 24-hour food service. They have the whole thing. That is pretty amazing. What was interesting for me was that when I got to the... In my Olympics was the big revolution of the of the swimming, the full suit, the full the shark skin that they used to call it. Yeah. I had one custom made. I remember they were super expensive. I mean, it's paid by the country. When I got there, my whole bag never made it. I mean, oh, with gosh. all my equipment, with nothing. It was sent to Germany. I think they saw my name, Herman, and they saw German. My bag actually ended up in Germany. It's really funny, actually. So when I got to Australia, like everybody got their their gear except for me. So actually the airlines ended up feeling bad. And I think only they do it because it was the Olympics. It's not no, no other event that would do it. They actually ended up giving me like 2,500 bucks to go buy clothes. You know oh what my mean? gosh. So I ended up going to Australia to one store and just buying everything. That was crazy. But you didn't have your like custom. I didn't have my custom one. I eventually <laughs> ended up making it. Because my back, I eventually got made it like three days before my event. Oh, wow. So Jeez. I got, go. I got to do it. That's pretty nice though. Twenty, $2,500 is not yep. too bad. Not Especially too like bad. you're 21 years old and like, it's freaking amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so how was like the Lee Olympic Village? I'm sure those, those are so cool. Amazing. Um, do you have like a roommate? You have one roommate. Yeah. So usually like every country is different. You know what I mean? Because it depends a lot of the, a lot of the Olympic housing, a lot of the Olympic, uh, the Olympic village housing eventually becomes, uh, low, low income housing. In, yeah. In, it, in they, a lot of places. They keep it as like a monument type, like, and then they use it. Yeah. They have like a link. So for us it was like this really cute neighborhood and had a bunch of like single family homes, yeah. which maybe four bedrooms in each and in each bedroom they put like one other athlete with you yeah so so did you get kind of close to your roommates or not really? i knew him no i knew him for i we grew up swimming together i mean uh-huh. he was another swimmer so i knew him for a long time and uh-huh. we still talk actually i was just talking to him on the way here oh wow. i mean that's so cool. um and that's what everybody is you know what i mean they had like different houses with maybe eight people in one house oh, wow. and but he, the experience was amazing the opening ceremony absolutely oh uh, yeah that's even cool. though you don't get to see the even though it was not bummed out but i understand why they do it like the opening ceremony show you don't really get to see it live because they at first it's like all the acts and all the you know the the, the parade of athletes it's later on the on the ceremony Right. So they take you usually to a gym, to a gym or like to an arena next to it, and then a big screen. And we're oh, all I sitting watching the event. Oh, I see. And then when it's the parade of athletes, uh, then at that time we come into the open into the stadium. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. And you were like walking with your. Co- I mean, that's amazing. That's it was, awesome. I'm it sure was pretty cool. That. I remember behind us was uh, was next to us was of course they go in alphabetical order. So one of them was 
behind next to it was like Cuba and then after that was or yeah Cuba no it was China and Cuba whatever and I remember that Olympics was like remember remember that basketball player Yao Ming that yeah. was like this he's like seven oh, he, something was he but, behind you? yeah so it's like picture of all of us with him he was already an NBA guy it's pretty cool that's pretty cool that's something you don't forget and then uh like your event so you did what uh, was your event? 100, 100 meter backstroke and back. I did horrible oh <laughs> Okay. I did horrible. So my time, remember that I told you about I qualified was 58.61. I mean, my goal, of course, was to improve on that time. Mm-hmm. I was not focused at all. Well, I'm sure you were like so nervous. Yeah. I, but I, it wasn't even nervous. I was excited. Yeah. You know I mean, I was like, it's like I was actually like, I'll never forget in the ready room before they take you into the, into the pool. Like, I'm about to swim in the Olympics. You know yeah, they, that's uh, pretty crazy. Then walking in the pool, they, you know what I mean? Like, Holy crap, I'm about to swim in the Olympics. Yeah. I get in the water and I keep telling that to myself, I'm about to swim in the Olympics. I, then I started swimming, like, I'm swimming in the Olympics. I mean, but yeah. it's like, I, I was never like really focused on like, the race. I remember I flipped, I did my flip turn at the 50 meter mark. I was coming back. Usually you're tired enough that your second 50 is slower than your first. Yeah. I actually negative split it, which <laughs> is not, not common. So I was actually faster on my second one because I was like, holy crap, I, I got to pick gotta it up. Go. <laughs> I got to go. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but nonetheless, I knew going right away that I was not going to be like placing for medals or anything like that. I mean, it was, it was just the experience. Just, exactly. I, well, I 100% agree. Yeah. In fact, I think that kind of going in the, in the uh, you know, fact that you're like, I'm going to get a medal is a little extreme. Very. Those are honestly the elite. Of the I was going to say, I mean, like, that is just a little unhealthy, like, to be like that. So, when you're training for swimming, like, what do you do? Because, like, obviously, I play volleyball, uh-huh. and you can do drills with, like, teams, mm-hmm. but do you just swim, or do you, like, work out? Like, so, what would you do? Actually, nowadays, just from keeping up with, you know, some of my friends and some, like, what I see, it has, the training men, uh, philosophy has changed a lot. Back in the Back in my days, it was pretty much water you know what i mean very uh, you're in the weight room a little bit yeah but now like the whole thing with like the crossfit type of workout you know what i mean like that type of 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 power lifting and stuff never you know what i mean yeah. but now all the big you know all the swimmers and you see all the videos and that's all they do is like yeah. they do a lot of a lot of dry lines you know what i mean and yeah. just to get like explosive reaction and swimming uh, of course a lot of a lot of water time but in my time was mainly water time. You know I mean, there so was you really, kind of just swim laps or like, what would you do? Yeah. Laps and sprints and oh. do breath holes and all oh, breath holes, mm-hmm. which, um, I was kind of going to get into this, but like you love water sports, obviously living in Florida and like free diving mm-hmm. and, um, kite surfing. And it's obviously just for like your love of being in the water, in the water yeah. knowing how to control your breath. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. For a lot of people say that I'm very clumsy outside of the water. I mean, yeah. which I think is very true. I'm very accident prone. Oh, uh, interesting. In the water, I'm much much better than yeah. outside of the water. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, kind of going into your free diving, how did you learn that you like to do that? Uh, actually, after college, I moved down here and I knew I wanted to start doing something. I don't have the patience to go fishing. I like nice. any, at all. So I started doing spear fishing because I'm very, I, li- I like being, I'm comfortable in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the day, I was allergic to fish. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I used to be allergic to fish when I was in Colombia. I stopped eating fish for many, many years. That's sad. I got back <laughs> here and yeah, and 
I used to love fish. I mean, it's not like I didn't like it. I used to love it, but I had a couple of reactions and yes, say, yeah, you're always good to fish. Like After, all fish or? Yeah, like it, it happened with different species. So, you know what I mean? And I, I, I could eat, what's interesting, I could do shellfish, but yeah, like that's swimming reverse. fish, like tuna, snapper, or anything like that, I would like break out in hives. Wow. So, um, it's very like, uh, it's very ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, after college, I came down here and I just started like spearfishing again. But I'm sorry, I was giving all my fish away to my friends or to yeah. you know neighbors and stuff like that because I couldn't eat it. Yeah. And I found out like you know what I gotta test Try. myself and see. I went to an allergist and checked me out and everything was like you're not allergic. Try it out. So I tried a little oh, piece and awesome. then since then, I had just been after that. I've been trying to like get better and better. Now I'm an older age. You know what I mean, yeah. um, I'm not pushing. Like I used to dive all the time before, you know, yeah. past a hundred feet all the time. And yeah. now it's just for food and that's it. Yeah. But you know, you have great breath technique from swimming, I'm sure. That helped a lot. I think the biggest thing with free diving and really is you get to learn that. You know, like the, the, we all have that ability. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I'm sure you heard about the mammalian reflex that we all have. Yeah. And we all have that ability and anybody that literally I have seen people go that I cannot hold their breath for a minute can hold it for 3.30, easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, after a couple of little tips kind of thing. But- um, Like what kind of tips? Um, it's just how to slow down your heart rate. You know what I mean? Your body goes into like a shunt after you're, once you're in the water and you're in, in, in the body knows that you're in, that's in the water, like that's when the mammalian reflex kind of kicks in. Yeah. And that's when he feels like there's like water around your lips or on your eyes, you have all these sensors that tell, that tell tells your body like he's you know, you're in the water so it's like your body starts going to actually physical changes that your blood starts constricting from your from your limbs you know going to your uh, into your core uh slows down your heart rate but little you know all those kind of little things you learn how to control them and learn, learn how to like accept them mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people think that they kind of hold their breath is because they think they're going out of air. They they're running out of air. It's not the case. The, the case is that they are their CO two is building up in their body and they don't know that. So it's little things that that um that you learn how to like that you learn about and you don't freak out about them. Is that right? It's interesting. So like your dad ended up taking a class with me one time. Yeah. The free diving class and he's one of the I recommend it to anybody around here that is gonna free dive, you know, seriously take one of those classes. The safety yeah. part of it is amazing. Yeah, because I mean, he's had to wake up some people who have passed out before, which is just scary, yep. you know? But um, I, I just think that's cool that those those two connect. And same with kite surfing, like how you started surfing when you were in Fort Pierce, but like in Cartagena, did you do all like all those water sports? It was just swimming. Even though I grew up in front of the beach, I mean, it was I grew up surfing, uh, but it was mainly swimming. I mean, swimming yeah. was the majority of my time. And like you said, you wanted to quit a few times. Like, is that just because you got really burnt out? Yeah, just because I, because I was young and dumb. Yeah. Young and dumb thinking that I could do other things instead of just really focusing on one thing and, and karate. And come on. Yeah, so. karate. <laughs> you would have gone to the Olympics for karate. Nah, sure I doubt it. I would have got my I'm butt kicking. kick. I'm kidding. So. Um, okay, so this is like super off topic, but... You said your sister lives in Spain, and mm -hmm. I think your mom does too. My mom lives in Spain too. So how did that end up happening? My parents got divorced um, when I was in college. Actually, like I think my last year of college or something like that. 
my mom lived in Bogota while my sister was in school for a while. And my mom actually met somebody online, met a, Span a Spaniard online and had fallen in love and got married and she ended up moving to Barcelona. And that's how you met your wife too. And that's online. how I met my wife so too online too. That just proves that that works. <laughs> I do think it works. Honestly, like, like I know it has I, I, nothing I, to do with, you know, you know, being from Colombia or whatever, but I think in general, like just this conversation, I do think like, I'm not a bar guy. I'm not the, you know, yeah, the yeah. guy that's going to go to a bar. I'm not a big drinker or anything like that. So it's like for me to go to bars and stuff, like, it's really not my thing. So honestly, yeah. like, online thing ended up working out pretty well yeah and like i just i i guess it is very like my generation to online date and it's funny like a lot of my friends who are obviously old enough to do it like they all have online dating stuff and i get a little nervous about it because mm -hmm. it's like especially being like a girl and very young like i obviously don't have anything mm -hmm. but it freaks me out that like you would meet someone somewhere I, I don't know just like in a weird well you're here like the catfishes the catfishes yeah, stuff like, like yeah, yeah yeah this person i don't know and whatever that's so off topic but it works it it, it genuinely does like like obviously with you it, it worked out experience. great you know like, I mean? it worked out great with me because you get at least you get to you're very at least i was very clear like what i was looking for kind of thing you know what i mean yeah. what i was not willing to like deviate from you and i yeah. call it and i mean like i have two kids i didn't want more kids um, yeah. so i got very lucky in finding somebody that accepted me for that you know what yeah. i mean yeah that's hard i mean a lot of people might want yeah. kids and i didn't want more kids i had yeah. two kids yeah. and that's it and but it's cool because you get to salvage your relationship with somebody that i mean hopefully you get they're not catfishing you or whatever <laughs> you call it yeah. but you ask all these questions up front, instead of wasting all this time of going to bars or going to restaurants and stuff like that and just, you know, not enjoying yourself and, you know, like, you have, and, and, and then I'm finding out that you have nothing in common. You know yeah. what I mean? And here you can actually, like, go through a lot of, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I mean, like, if your, if your views don't align or anything like that, like, eh, nice meeting you, but, you know, you never, it never materializes. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Which is nice. So, your mom ended up doing that and then moved to Spain and your yep. sister went with her? And my sister ended up finishing her school. She's a vet. And uh -huh. so what she ended up doing is she ended up going for her PhD. She got her master's in Colombia. She's a veterinary, she's a vet, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then she went to get her PhD and she ended up going to a school in Barcelona oh, to cool. get her PhD in genetics. I mean, she's literally, she's a scientist. I mean, oh, that's, that's, really that's cool. what she does. She works in a lab and that's all she does. That is really but that's why she ended up going over there. She kind of like felt you know, my mom being over there, you know, let me go try it out. And yeah, why not? I'm close to home. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. so it was easy. She had a place to live. And it was a great uh, school of what she wanted. And, yeah. and Janet just working out. And she's, right. she's the been there. The killer spot. I still want to go. You still haven't been? No. When we went to Spain, we went to Madrid oh, yeah. and then southern Spain. Yeah. But like Valencia and uh, Barcelona are like, and yeah. Ibiza. I'm going to go to Ibiza so bad. So the, the, the Baleares, the yeah, Baleares the, Island. Yeah, the Balearic Islands. Yeah. But, um, okay, so then another off-topic question uh -huh. is, how did you end up becoming a citizen? Like, okay. were you naturalized pretty quickly or no? So actually, so I came to the, so I know that, you, that I see, hearing to some of your podcasts, like I hear some of the stories of some of your, uh, what do you call it, interviewee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what they had in like my experience was nothing like that you know, I came to the states so I kind of like immigrated I hope that nobody takes offense to this but legally 
you know what I mean? Yeah. I did everything. Yeah. I mean, I did everything. You followed all the steps. Every legal, you know what I mean, right. part that, that, that I had to do. I came here first to the States with an H-1B visa, which is your student visa. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's actually was pretty funny listening to some of your uh, previous podcast and some of the some of the memories coming back about like I had to go to my school advisor to sign off that I was going on vacation, you know what I mean? Wow. And just to come back. So I completely for, had forgotten about that. Wow, that's cool. So that's cool. Uh, so I did my H one I got my H one B visa after work. I you have one year that you can stay in the States and I forgot what that's called. Yeah, so because I was looking at going to school in London uh-huh. for a while and I'm probably not, but it's the same thing as like you have your, cause London has three years. So you have your three years mm-hmm. and then you have one more year to find work for someone to sponsor you. For exactly. Visa, so that's ex- for the visa. Yep. So I don't know what it's called either, but, um, so go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. that's like, uh, so you look for work. Yeah. And I yeah. forgot, I think it's called the OPT or something like that. And, I think it's OPT, optional, optional practical training. I think it's what it was. And during the time you're supposed to have, quote unquote, if you have find a company to sponsor you, yeah. then then you can start, you know what I mean, that yeah. process. So I actually ended up finding a company that when I moved down to with my, she was my girlfriend there back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then ex, you know, eventually became my wife. She had moved to Florida. I came after college. And found a job with the Boston Homes back here. Yeah. I mean, they were here for. In, I remember she had found a job in Jupiter, so I'm like, I'll just come down, down to Florida. I'll, I'll find. I'm bilingual. I'm sure I'll find something. Sure yeah. enough, I ended up having a huge career out of it. Yeah. I started in the office. They saw the potential that I had. You know, working for them, being bilingual helped tremendously because oh, I could help any any field of job. Yeah, it any was field. especially in the construction industry. Yes. You know what I mean, oh, so yeah. I was very like I helped a lot when it came to like you know the communication between the office and the and the field. Right. And which is why my dad wants to learn Spanish so much. Is he 100%. wants to go on a job site and be able to just be like, this oh, move this a little bit this way, yeah. you know and. So it's funny, I have to like curate a lesson for him in like construction yeah. terms or something so, like that. So, so that's, yeah. what happened, that's what happened with me. Like, you know, I ended up being liked by the company. They saw like, you know, I asked if there was a possibility and they ended up hiring a lawyer for me and they actually did all the paper for me. I didn't oh, pay okay. for anything, so which was go. amazing. So they technically sponsored <laughs> They did a hundred, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they sponsored me. I got, at that point, I got my green card yeah. Uh, which allowed me to to stay in the states and work, le- you know, legally at that point, right. uh, uh, without the OPT or whatever it was. And after that, I actually so, and I forgot. There's some time, you know, it's either after two years or four years after having a green card, depending on your conditions, you can apply for citizenship. Okay. At that point, I, at that point, I had gotten married. You know, I mean, she was she was my uh, we met in college. Uh, I got married at that point, so my time, my waiting time, my wait time got reduced. I think it was like two years after. Well, two. when you marry, you're automatic. I don't think it's automatic. It's not. It's not a citizen. I don't think it's automatic. I think first you get the green card, and then after after being married for so many years, then you can apply for your citizenship, and that's what I did. You know what I mean, after being married for, I believe it was two years. It's been too long. Uh, I applied for my citizenship. You do the test, which I think personally is the funniest thing. I hope nobody takes offense to this. So it's basic U.S. history, the okay. the work that the government works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the questions I read. So there's a hundred questions. You know what I mean that they give you to study, and all of them I went to. But I went to an American school, so I also had an advantage of it. So I pretty much like yeah, because you still star spangled man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to know the preamble or something? 
The what? The first part of the Constitution. No, I mean, you have to know, like, I know the, what the Bill of Rights and everything. The Bill of Rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill of Rights. So, all the stuff, like, yeah, what are the first, I mean, you know, like, the, what is the First Amendment? It's like, like, it's like my government class. Exactly, like it's a government class, you know what yeah. I mean? But, in the, I remember asking my friends, that, you know, and like, I would bring out the book and start asking them questions. They had no idea about it. It's like, are oh, you yeah. kidding me, dude? Yeah. You're, a, you're a citizen. Yeah, you're an American. Yeah. But, uh, so, they make you take the test. Um, then, one part is like the written, and you have to write, and you have to talk. You know what I mean? And after that, I got my citizenship thing. Yeah, because you're bilingual. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. actually, it was really cool. Uh, kind of funny, because I you was here in West Palm, and they make you sing. Um, oh, my God. They always play... What's the name of God bless the USA. Yeah. They play it on the on the on your citizens. So we, we wave our little flags and other like well, That's kind of cute. It's really cute. Honestly, and it was really cool. It was it was pretty emotional. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So are you citizens in? You're a citizen of the US I'm both. and yeah, Colombia. Yeah, I'm dual citizen. Yep. And how did like your parents feel about you becoming like moving to the states? They the knew that it was the right thing for me to do. You know what I mean? Like they knew. I, sadly, Colombia said a state that. You, you, I I love going to visit. I could never I could never live in Colombia. Like, Why? It's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos in the sense like it's like, uh, but not. I hope nobody takes it the, the wrong way. It's a bu- amazing country. It's a beautiful country stuff, but it's still very. Um, sadly, there's a mentality in that people take advantage of each other all the time. I know it happens everywhere, but it, over there it's like people try to like not screw you know what i mean I hate, I hate to use the word but you have to always be very very careful about what the things that you do and take advantage of someone like, like you know people like cutting in line is that sounds like i know it's a very very simple thing that i'm saying right. but it's it's part of like the culture and sadly you know what i mean it's something that we have not been kind able of to like get corruption away. there's a lot of corruption i mean that's yeah. for sure you know what i mean and it's definitely who you like to get things done it's okay i know oh, this okay. person i'll put it to you a, a clear example okay. my driver license when I got my driver license in Colombia, I remember being at dinner. And here, when you go get your driver license, it's kind of a big deal. You have to take, yeah. a, you take a course or you know yeah. take lessons or whatever it is. I remember being in Colombia, being with my dad and being having dinner. All of a sudden, my dad comes like, oh, here, here's your driver license. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I talked to so-and-so and here it is. You know, he was friends with him. Yeah. And so it's funny it's the friend of the friend of the you know to, to get things done and wow. like you know to go to the bank is a is a disaster you know i mean to go to the so i love that's why i love the thing about the states things are organized things are things work yes there's corruption here yes there's things that do not work yeah. but in general you know i mean sadly politics and corruption in colombia has been horrible i mean it's yeah it's yeah so. i get it i get it it's, don't get me wrong. Once again, I love the country. I love to go to vacation there. I love to go. And like, there are just some countries like that that are like, it's good for a month or two, and you're like, okay, I can't live here. Yep. You know, like I've definitely been places where I'm like, I couldn't live here. But there's also places where I'm like, okay, I could live here. But you know, for me, like for a clear example for me, it's like Miami. Yeah, I Miami. Think I could Miami's live. fun. Go out for the day. I agree. Have fun. In and fact, come right I back. Even, I don't even think I could stay for a week. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. A night. A yeah, night and a, a night and a, yeah. or a weekend, come right back. Oh yeah, I agree. In fact, we take the bright line all the time for a day. We mm-hmm. didn't stay a night. Yeah, you it's, know, like, so, why not? So that's kind of like for me, Colombia, and I love because it's a very simple flight. It's only for us. It's from Florida to or Miami. Yeah. It's a two and a half yeah. hour flight. Go in, 
have the weekend have an amazing time see your family eat the food that you miss come right back yeah so that's pretty nice and it's funny how like we were just talking about this because we're trying to decide where we want to go like for new year's for yeah for christmas and stuff and uh we were thinking of peru uh-huh like machu picchu and then we were also talking about colombia like doing like you know medellin bogota and maybe cartagena uh-huh and then we were like, okay, but we could also go like France or like somewhere over there. But it's crazy how close like Peru and those places are for like what they are. Yeah. And you know, like ever since we went to Costa Rica, like we're we were obsessed with the Spanish speaking cool culture of mm-hmm. South America because Costa Rica is my first time in Central and South America. Okay. I mean, not even South America, but it's crazy how much we are like we should go to Europe. We should go to Europe, Canada. Like we don't even realize that like. Every, the Caribbean and South America is so close. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we, we're so lucky about that. And we're like, we need to take advantage of that. Because, um, I mean, my ride home from Belgium the other day was long. Yeah. Like 20 hours of traveling. Wow. Crazy. No, that's, that's a lot. Uh, Peru is amazing. Yeah. And Peruvian food is to die for. Oh, I know. So. In fact, we were looking at it the other day because we were like, maybe we want to go to Morocco. Because, like, we go... we. We always like splurge on uh-huh. like our Christmas trip, and I don't know. But I was like, we should go to Peru or like Colombia to speak Spanish, uh-huh. but, you know? Because Spain was amazing. Spain was like one of my favorite trips because I was able to speak Spanish. It was in Europe. The like Seville is one of my favorite places I've ever been. Mm-hmm. But it, it again, like I said, like Spain is actually one of the places that I could live in. Okay. Like I, I like Italy. I don't think I could, like, I could study abroad in Italy, but I couldn't live there. The thing with Spain that I could not live, the part of the culture that I have, I, have, I would have a really hard time with is the siesta. <coughs> the siesta. I thing. feel like in Colombia, the siesta is more but the siesta, But it's different. I mean, yeah, my dad, I remember my dad coming from work and taking like a little, like, like a 15 minute, I mean, he comes from lunch because everything is so close in Cartagena. Yeah. You will come home for lunch, yeah. lay down for 15 minutes and go back to work. You know what I mean? But over in Spain, like the whole thing is literally, it's ours. You know what I mean? It's, See, I don't, we just never experienced that. No, it's like when you live there, it's, it's ours. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like so, so. And everything closes. And everything closes. You know what I mean? And yeah. So, yeah, I, that would be the hardest thing, even though Spain is absolutely amazing. No, I know. Yeah, that's interesting. See, and like you don't know that until you live there. And Correct. so then you're like, because for me, Colombia, sure, I would go and be like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, you don't see all the ins and outs. Like, your driver's license story like you don't see all that stuff mm-hmm. because you know really like i remember someone told me like you don't know someone until you live with them like a like a person it's very true you don't know you don't know somewhere until you live there That's you know very like true. it's a, the exact same thing is like you don't see all the ins and outs of the flaws and yeah. you know when you're on vacation you see the most amazing parts like the Always. highlights the highlight reel and so everywhere you go, you're like, okay, this is amazing. I could be here forever, mm-hmm. but you really probably couldn't. Yep. And I always catch myself saying that is like, I'm like, wow, I wish I lived in Europe or I wish I lived in South America or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to people from Europe, they're like, yeah, but the States, you have so many, so many opportunities. And I'm like, I don't know what that means because I don't, I don't have to experience that, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, and I catch myself doing that a lot. And I guess that is my point on the podcast is the open-mindedness to hearing other people's stories mm-hmm. and being like, okay, well, that I didn't know that because you're hearing from someone else who lives somewhere else. Correct. You know. But now it's funny, like I've been in the States now longer than I, 
grew up in Colombia, then I lived in Colombia. Oh, wow. I, I realized that the you other made that You made that mark? That mark, yeah. It's already, I left when I was crazy. 19. I've been here since, uh, yeah, so I've been here 22 years, 23 years. Do people hear your accent and they say, like, where are you from? Yeah, all the time. All the time. I, and in Clemson was hilarious because. Oh, in, oh my God, Clemson was. In, I, that's why I asked you the Clemson question. Was I'm like, a, there's no way. Clemson people was hilarious think. because people will ask me, where are you from? I'm like, Colombia. And they'll go, South Carolina? Like, no, dude. <laughs> the country. <laughs> Colombia. Yeah. South America with an O. No with a U. Another funny thing is uh, I, so in my Spanish class in school, like what we do is, I'm an AP Spanish. Uh-huh. So what you have to do is like for the exam, because like that's what you do all year is you prepare for this exam. And the exam, you have to like speak for two minutes about a topic that they give you randomly mm-hmm. and you have to compare your country to like other Spanish-speaking countries and okay. how they're like different, right? Or similar. What country do you get? No, you would just like come ah, up with it. Okay. So you have to learn about all the countries. That's why this is cool. Uh-huh. Like I know a lot about Colombia uh-huh. now. Um, and I know a lot about Costa Rica and Spain because mm-hmm. like I've been there and then Spain I learned like in depth about last year. But what you have to do is like compare... Uh, countries and this kid got up and like gave a PowerPoint because it was just kind of like an introduction to it mm-hmm. and he kept spelling Colombia like Colombia with a U yeah as in like Columbia South Carolina like, Columbia University yeah and my teacher was like are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> and it's just funny because like like Columbia South Carolina it's the same thing like it's Colombia it's funny because there's a lot of in Colombia there's a lot of like an like there was like an ad campaign one time you know, saying it's Colombia with an O, like because they're really like, do not compare us to Colombia with a U. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? Colombia. Yeah, Colombia. Yeah. But that. so, and funny enough, actually, the kid has like a super like, of, he's like from the south, so maybe okay. it's just a southern thing. But That's like, funny. um, it's funny, like you, um, and then when I like look up Columbia like University, mm-hmm. I'll spell it with an O. And they're like, that's not. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, but that, yeah, that's funny. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I don't know. I'm, uh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having fun. me here. That's it's a awesome. cool experience now that you've listened. And, like, it's cool because actually you're the first person that I, so I pre recorded most of my podcasts uh-huh. and then I would, like, put them out. But you're the first, one of the first people that has like listened to all. Of, you're actually one of the only people that has like listened to all of them. <laughs> like all I the won't people, listen to this one, believe me. I won't oh, listen to see, my own I, voice. See, I can't, so I can't. It's funny. You tell me all the time. You're like, I can't really hear you in this one. When I, I, so I have to edit it like, you know, twice. Mm-hmm. So I have to record it. So mm-hmm. I've heard it once. I have to go back and edit it. And then I edit it again to make sure that like there's no mistakes. So I hear it three times. Uh-huh. And I hear my voice three times, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and actually, I have, people have told me, like, I have a very podcast voice, apparently. Yeah, you do, actually. I've never, I never knew that. But I, when I put it, like, out, I've never listened to it. And it's probably because that would literally be my fourth time listening to it. <laughs> but, like, I never listen to it. So when you tell me there's something wrong with it, I'm like, oh, shoot. You know? Yeah. Because I don't listen to them. But trust me, like, no one listens to their no, own. No, that... They'll just, like, send it to their friends and be like, look, like, <laughs> it's on a podcast. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so you're, like, one of the people that, and to be fair, like, I'll tell certain people, like, to listen to a certain podcast, because mm-hmm. I'm, like, you'd like this one, or you'd like this one, but it's cool, because you actually, like, your yeah, story no, was, like, very, 
easy to follow along to whereas some people jump around a lot and it's just because you listen to like the art of storytelling through mm-hmm. my other podcasts which and a lot of people have problems with like telling a story mm-hmm. but you know you did a pretty good job thank so you thank you thank you, thanks, thank you i'm sorry it's been like a month that we've been trying to do this it's so good happy that I could, happy that i could be here all right cool. honor thank you so